Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Oh, good afternoon. I'm Zach in for Rob Breckenridge today. Um, another hot, smoky day today. The forecast changed 37 by Friday. Oh, my goodness. Coming up on the show today, um, we are going to talk about some ways to beat the heat. So I look forward to your thoughts on that. And what are your secrets? Uh, wanted to kind of dig into a couple of things. And I did receive a couple of text messages yesterday. I do read all of your text messages. And I do try to reply. I mean, it's kind of sit here by myself, so I don't get to all of them. But there was a couple of comments yesterday saying, you know, I want to keep talking about, you know, hard news stuff. Okay, fair enough. Um, so that's how we're going to start today. Uh, before we get to that, though, I did want to talk about... Uh, the the rain in Toronto last night. Did you see that rain? It was remarkable. They're saying upwards of 100 millimeters of rain uh, over the course of a couple of hours. The, the most amazing story was something made out of a horror movie. It was a building under construction. Guys were in an elevator. The basement flooded, flooded the elevator shaft and filled up the elevator with water and they couldn't get out. Punched a hole in the ceiling, called 911, get some help. Uh, police officers swimming with a crowbar to try to get them out. And by the time they got them out, and I want you to picture this sort of in your mind, when they got them opened up in the elevator, (laughs) the guys that were in there, you know the handrail on the side? They were standing on that handrail. The elevator was completely filled with water with the exception of the top foot was air. And they got out and they tell their story, um, you know, a scared for sure. But I can't even imagine uh, the feeling and thinking to myself, oh, my God, I am about to die a movie death. This is how people die in the movies. Unless you're Tom Cruise, you pull it off somehow. Another story as Saudi Arabia decides to pull cash and money with... Uh, the conversation that's been going around that they're pulling all investments out of Canada, and that affects everything from stocks in public business to bonds to everything, real estate. It'll be interesting to see how that affects hotels down the road. Um, But they're selling off their shares, if you will, and that's affected the market in Canada, they believe. And some of that stuff is hidden through corporations and you can't really tell, but that's the word that's coming out of there. And the hypocrisy of all of it, and this is the part that made me feel good to be a Canadian, and I... I don't like the fact that it started to happen on Twitter, and I'll stand by that because I don't think that's the place. But going after human rights in this particular case is, I think a great example of this is that yesterday in Saudi Arabia, while they were saying, you know, take all the money out of Canada, take the students out of Canada, uh, look at Canada with alcohol and suicide rates and all these things that are going on in Canada, and they judge us. And uh, now it's their law about a guy who was convicted of killing a woman But his punishment was, and it was a brutal death, at least to the allegation and his conviction, um, stabbed as some woman to death. But his his conviction for that was to be crucified. So yesterday, a Myanmar man was crucified in Saudi Arabia. Uh, National Post and other places reporting on that one. Was crucified on a cross while saying that Canada should keep their nose out of their own business when it comes to human rights. That's remarkable to me. Anyway, so the oil impact is one thing that it's certainly going to do, and that's a topic that we're going to get started with here today. Wouldn't it be great, you know, to have a pipeline that, say, went, I don't know, east, 
at this point. That'd be handy. Well, the conversation has changed, and conversations are interesting, and we're going to start this one with Trans Mountain. Because you told me yesterday you want to talk about it a little bit, and the price is going up, the timeline is going up. And I'm going to propose uh, a simile, if you will, to what this is starting to look like. And Cody Battershill is on the phone to help us understand what's going on. Now, Cody, before I, I, we get into the, the hard stuff here, I ask everybody who's listening, if you've ever bought a car and then that car turned out to be a lemon, and if you've ever gone in to pick up your new car that you just invested a bunch of money into, and when you get there, the dealership says to you, he says, oh, yeah, well, you get the car, but we didn't mention it doesn't come with um, not only not a spare tire, but it doesn't come with wheels. It also doesn't come with floor mats, and there's no free tank of gas, no oil changes. Oh, yeah, you got to pay extra for that down the road. I'm curious if we ended up just buying a lemon or what we can look forward to. Cody, what's going on right now? And um, where do you see that Trans Mountain is and where we're headed? Hey, Zach, thanks so much for having me on. You know, it's it's really quite disappointing that that we still see this gridlock happening. I mean, when you delay projects that have got jumped through all all required hoops and are ready to start construction when you allow those projects to be delayed and when there's this regulatory uncertainty costs go up i mean keystone excel is another great example the original cost of that pipeline more than doubled over the length of its regulatory review from the beginning until now so it's not surprising that the costs are going to increase this is the cost unfortunately it seems of doing business in canada and until we want to enforce the rule of law and we want to firmly show the world that we're open for business and you can rely on Canada to get things done, we're going to see other projects uh, and see the cost continue to increase on, on things like pipelines, things like LNG projects. And it's just so disappointing because as a leader for environmental and human rights protections, we're the only country on earth that's been singled out by these activist groups and a part of their strategy is delay cause the cost to increase and hope that companies will eventually shut these projects down or not proceed. So it's, it's a real travesty. Well, how does that happen in this case now, or how does it continue to happen when uh, you and I and everybody else has now bought it? And um, because slowing down a company that's asking for regulatory approval, you know, I get it. Tactical business, people do that all the time. Some people, I mean, their entire way that they do business in general in life is to try to sue the other guy until they run out of money and they can't pay for lawyers anymore and can't do business. I mean, that's tactical business stuff. I don't agree with it, but it does exist in the world. Um, you know, what do you think, sort of as such an advocate for what is pipelines and where we can go with this, what do you think that we're going to see happen over the next year here? So I th- th- this nine point. You know, this, this nine plus billion dollar number, I think, is one potential scenario. The highest was nine point three to help you with that number. Yeah, thank you, Zach. So nine point three billion dollars was was the high case scenario. And um, uh, unfortunately, costs are going to increase because we don't have a British Columbian government that is willing to, um, I guess it seems, follow Canada's regulatory system. And, you know, they've continued to be opposed even though the federal government has bought this project. And I'm glad that the project looks like it will hopefully happen. That was certainly better than just canceling it. But what a sad outcome that it even had to get to that point. I think the federal government should have stepped in a long time before it ever got there. 
and they should have uh, really enforced the approval and enforced our sort of uh, confederation in that the federal government and the regulatory system makes these decisions. It is in the best and national interest of all Canadians, and we have to get our oil to other customers outside of the United States. That's why we're selling for such an insane discount every barrel we sell of Western Canadian Select and of our heavy oil. You monitor this uh, much closer than I do, so you're probably going to have a better answer than than I uh, we did here in a conversation. I mean, BC's been kind of quiet, haven't they, or have I missed something? Uh, they've been quiet lately. I mean, the big change has been the mayor of Burnaby, who has really been incur- seemingly encouraging opposition. He recently has been calling for the protest camp to be evicted. And it's just, this is what we get to. When we don't enforce the rule of law in round one, we get to round five or six or seven where we've already set a precedent that we're going to allow these protesters to set up camp. We're going to allow Greenpeace to hang off bridges. And where's the teeth? It's a laughing stock. We have to have some sort of a consequence for the people and the governments, uh, the policymakers, elected officials that want to encourage disruption rather than encouraging people to follow the rule of law and respect Canada's uh, confederation. I believe that British Columbia is sort of on the same track right now with their government saying, we don't want this project to happen. And unfortunately, this cost estimate is really being pushed right now by the green groups trying to say, don't build that pipeline. It's going to cost way more money. Um, a private company wanted to build it, and unfortunately, we didn't support them in doing so. Now the government's got it. It needs to happen, but we need to get the B.C. government on board so that we can reduce the delay and reduce the cost to taxpayers. Now, Cody, uh, Cody Battershill, founder and spokesman of Canada Action. You can't be a part of Canada Action um, unless you truly believe in people standing in what, standing up for what they believe in. I mean, I think that that's fair. Are you? I hear you say this, and I just want to clarify I mean, because I don't think that as Canada Action, you're not against people standing up for what they believe in. You're just against the fact that they're disobeying the laws, that they are they are completely disrespecting um, what is proper protest, get in action. I mean, they can stick up for whatever they want to stick up for, but they keep uh, th- those people keep sort of breaking the law and no one's enforcing the law. Are you looking for an even playing field and trying to make things happen? Well, we have to level the playing field. I mean, oil imports to Canada do not go through the same environmental standards or the same regulatory process that we put on our own oil. We also see a lot of these green groups, special interest groups, you know, Greenpeace Canada with a couple dozen employees or more. These groups are not always spreading the facts. They are often spreading fear and misinformation. (laughs) And so Canadians, a lot of the commonly thought of uh, talking points around pipelines and oil sands and oil and gas, a lot of it's been created by these groups attempting to cause confusion and sow discord and get people against these things. But the facts are not always supportive of what they say. You know, oil and gas demand around the world is growing. Canada is a leader in protecting the environment. We're a leader in renewables and clean tech. Many other countries are building pipelines and selling oil to the world, and we're one of the only top producers that isn't. These are all facts that they don't want you to know and that they will never talk about. So it, it's really important that people voice their opinion, but you don't get your, to create your own facts. You don't get to create your own reality and then try to trick people for the sake of your salary. You know, these Greenpeace employees that are salaried 
that, by the way, refuse to come on the radio and have a debate with me. Mm-hmm. They refuse to talk about the facts, and they cannot answer or explain why Canada is the only top 10 oil exporter on Earth that they are targeting systematically to block all oil exports and all pipelines. And that is not a win for the environment, and that is not a win for human rights. If people just showed up with a, a sign or had that debate with you, would that would that just make you happy? <laughs> just for the sake of just at least if they stuck up, stood up for what they, they went for um, and just turned it into a reasonable debate, do you think that that shows to Canadians what's really going on or, or what the options or the possibility could be for for Canada if we got stuff done? I think we have to attempt to find a middle road. Unfortunately, when we've tried in the past, I would look at the Alberta Climate Leadership Plan as an example. These paid salaried employees of green groups that stood on stage with some of the oil company CEOs and talked about uh, price on carbon. We already had one for, for emitters, but increasing our climate leadership plan. And that was, at the time, supposed to be about gaining this social license. Well, less than 24 hours later, most, if not all, of those people on stage went back to opposing pipelines. And people like Zipporah Berman, who was hired to try to find a middle road, proved to us that these people will never give us their social license. They will never give us their approval. It doesn't matter how many hoops we jump through. They simply want to shut us down, and they want to help those other oil and gas exporting countries benefit from taking our market share while we sell at a discount. They have proven that that they will never give us their approval. So we have to remember who we're talking to when we are trying to find a middle road. And I talk to a lot of people that have heard a couple things that are wrong. They do genuinely care about protecting the environment, but also they want to have a strong economy. And when you do think about the global big picture, the macro worldview, these green groups are on the wrong side of that because they are trying to hurt our families. They are trying to hurt our economy. They've been very successful. Our oil is selling for $30 less per barrel. That means less jobs, less funding for our social services, and oil demand is increasing. Is the biggest teammate in this the oil companies or the federal government? You know... In making it work, that is. Well, first of all, the oil and gas industry... All Canadians, all Albertans across all resources, our country is blessed to have so many natural resources. We have to understand that we have to stand up for ourselves. We cannot let misinformation go unchallenged. So we do need, and we're starting to see a little bit of a culture change in the oil and gas sector. We have to be uh, proud, vocal advocates. We are a high-tech industry. Let's market ourselves as such. Let's market ourselves for our world-leading record on social progressiveness and equality and carbon pricing initiatives and renewables and all these other great things. We also need to make sure that the government, elected officials at all levels of society and all places across Canada understand that the very vocal minority that has been encouraged by these special interest groups, they are vocal, but they are the minority. And we need to see the soft-spoken majority, most Canadians do support, building pipelines and protecting the environment and a strong economy. The soft-spoken majority have to speak up. When they do, our elected officials will understand and they'll see that and they'll start to think about making Canada competitive for investment, job creation, getting our oil and gas to global customers for the highest possible price. And that has a maximum benefit on the global environment 
and on Canada's economy. Uh, it's Cody Battershill, founder and spokesman Canada Action. What I'm hearing you say, Cody, is that um, we need to show up. We need to do it. In fact, we did not buy a lemon. <laughs> I was wondering if we bought a lemon of a project, and if we just show up and everyone does it, then, you know, things might start to change. Thank you so much for your time, Cody. Thank you so much, Zach. All right, brother. Wow, that's interesting, hey? That, to me, sounds like a pretty direct appeal to everybody to have an impact. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.